Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Lord, before we dive in here, I just, uh, I'm just so struck by this video and so many truths that pop out that are in line with what we're talking about in this series, Lord, and uh, so many things that we can learn. First of all, that the, the battle really is in our mind. Lord, as long as little Phoenix thought he couldn't do it, he can't do it, uh, he wasn't able to do that. But with his instructor, with his prayer saying, you can do it, you can do it, eventually his mind was able to overcome those limitations in his body. God, we can also learn from this uh, about perseverance, that as we talk about these principles in this series, God, these are not things that are going to happen overnight. Sometimes it takes weeks, months, years, but we have to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, and then we'll see that victory. And, and also, Lord, as we seek to apply these things to our own lives, remind us of the power and of encouragement that we can maybe reach out to somebody we know, maybe a family member, a friend, neighbor, a coworker, and encourage them because the power of encouragement, encouraging somebody else that they can do something that they think they can't can make a huge difference in their life because our lives are so dictated by what we think. So God, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds now as we dive into your word, as we talk about these truths, that they would not just be another message, but God, be something that just totally, radically transforms how we live day in and day out. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, who's ready to hear from God's word today? We ready? All right. So we're in this series called Mastermind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. And today we're going to look at a really powerful passage from Philippians chapter 4. But before we go there, okay, I need a little audience participation here. All right, you guys ready for this? How many of you would say that even though it might be just a little bit embarrassing, you sometimes make incredibly irrational decisions that make no sense whatsoever? Okay, raise your hands. All right, keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. All right, all the rest of you perfect people out here, just keep on shining your halos, all right? I came to talk to the real people in the house today. Like, I can make incredibly irrational decisions that make no sense whatsoever. And maybe you can relate, like you make up your mind that you're gonna eat good, I am gonna eat healthy, right? And you do, for two days. And then somebody brings donuts into the office and because you eat a bite, you go ahead and eat all 12 of them, right? And polish it off with a cinnamon roll just to make sure you go straight to nutrition hell. Why is that? Why do we do that kind of thing? Or we say, I'm going to be wise financially. We are going to get out of debt. And for like 11 straight days, you make good, sound fiscal decisions. And then something breaks and you freak out. And so to soothe your pain, you go to the mall, buy two new pairs of shoes and an outfit to match it. Why do we do that? Why is it that so often when we know we should apologize, we don't? Or we know we should take responsibility, we do the opposite. We know what's right and we do what's easy. Why do we make incredibly irrational decisions at times? Now, to illustrate this, let me tell you a little story about my first car that I owned. It was a 1976 Toyota Corolla, okay? Not exactly a chick magnet, I get it, all right? It was wheels. You have any idea how difficult it was to be as cool as I was and made to be driving that in high school? And so to up my chances with the opposite sex, I decided I need a great stereo system, right? But rather than going out and having one installed, I decided I'd buy the biggest boom box that they made in the early 80s. It looked something like this, all right? <clears throat> so there it was. That was my kicking sound system in my killer Toyota Corolla. 
Right, and I would be driving down the road, blaring a little Ario Speedwagon, a little U2, a little one-armed drummer and Def Leppard. Anybody from the 80s gonna help me out here? I, yes. Come on, Sammy Hagar, police, whatever, riding down the road. And so and some, some friends of mine suggested that I wire this thing up to some real car speakers, like a legit stereo system. And, and if you know me, you know I am technically challenged to a degree you can't even imagine. Uh, some of you who do know me, you can't imagine it. So needless to say, my attempts to wire that thing up into car speakers were a complete disaster. It didn't work. Some of you who are smarter than I am could figure out what the problem was. The wires were crossed in every wrong way imaginable. And that got me to thinking, you know, why is it that we make irrational decisions because the wires are crossed in our brains. And so we're in this series called Mastermind. Change your thinking, change your life. And if you were with us last week, we talked about exactly what happens when you think a thought. It's very fascinating. Did you know that your brain is not static? Okay, your brain is constantly growing, evolving. It's kind of like a computer that's programming itself. And so every time you think a thought, it becomes easier to think that same thought because literally your brain is carving these neural pathways when you think thoughts. And so when you think a thought, that pathway is formed and then it becomes easier and easier to just go down that same pathway over and over and over again. That is good news if you're thinking good thoughts. Problem is oftentimes we're not. And all throughout your life, your experiences and your thoughts are programming your brain to believe what you think is true. And it's based on what you're thinking, whether what you're thinking is true or not. And we can see this going all the way back to early development, childhood, right? When a little baby smiles and then mom smiles back, says goo goo gaga, right? The, the baby's brain goes, smiling is good, okay? Pathway is formed. If I smile, somebody smiles back at me, says goo goo gaga, right? If the baby's brain, you know, baby touches something that's hot. <laughs> Ow, hot. A pathway is formed. Hot's bad. Don't touch things that are hot. Or if a baby wants a sucker and mom says, no sucker, the baby's like, but I want that sucker. Mom says, no sucker. Then the baby cries. And so mom, plop, gives the baby the sucker. What happens? And the baby's brain goes, crying is good, right? That's why some of you have 12-year-olds who are spoiled rotten because you gave them a sucker when they were crying. That's why. <laughs> and what's happening is our brains are constantly growing, evolving, creating these neural pathways. That's good news if you're thinking true thoughts. It's bad news if you're believing lies because your brain basically doubles down tends to believe those lies even more fiercely. So what's the problem? The problem is most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. There's a battlefield in the mind. If I can be real transparent with you, sometimes my number one worst enemy is my thoughts. It's my thoughts. It's what's going on up here. And I can stand up before you. I can preach positive truth for 30 minutes. And then what happens before and after in my mind can be ugly. And so in this series, what we're doing, we're all learning together. I'm with you how to renew our minds continually. And we've been taking a look at the life of the Apostle Paul. And last week we looked specifically at something he wrote to the Corinthians. This is good stuff. He said, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? It is a wrong thought pattern. It's being a prisoner, but you're locked up only on the basis of a lie. And then Paul says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we're taking captive the lies and we're replacing them with God's truth. 
we are creating new pathways of truth in our minds. And if you look at the life of Paul and the way he fought and won the battle of the mind, it's very inspiring. You know, writing from a Roman prison where he was locked up, Paul wrote a powerful, weighty, encouraging letter to the believers in Philippi. And at the end of this letter, he offers this word of encouragement. And it's so fascinating to me because Paul, he is locked up in prison, okay? And, and Paul doesn't say, I am so discouraged. Would you please pray for me, right? Oh, I'm hurting. Things are bad. I never thought this would happen to me. Where is God? No, at the end of his letter, Paul says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Okay, this has got to be important, right? One final thing. Fix your thoughts. I want you to say that with me. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, real quick here, I want to dig down just a little bit deeper, just in case you may have a little confusion about what each of these terms mean. Real quick, the word true here, it's the Greek word alethe. It means dependable, valid, reliable, sincere, honest. The next word here, honorable, semna, it means noble. A lot of translations translate it that way. Noble, worthy of respect, majestic, awe-inspiring. Think about those things. The word right is dikai. Just, upright, righteous. The word pure comes from the root word for holy, hagna. It means holy, sacred, morally pure. Think about those things. Lovely, that's prosphile, lovable, pleasing, amiable. Admirable is euphema. That literally means good voice. That's the translation. Spoken well of, worthy of emulation. The word excellent, arete, it means moral excellence, true virtue, and finally, praiseworthy, epinos, is approved or commendable. So those are the things that we are to fix our minds on. Paul's saying of everything that we've talked about in this letter, remember this. Fix your thoughts on God's truth. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Why does this matter? We said it last week. Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. You cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Your thoughts matter. Your thoughts are shaping who you are. And I'm telling you, if you cannot control what you think, you will never, ever control what you do. So why is it that we make unwise, irrational decisions? Because the wires are crossed in our brains. And so today, what I want to do is I wanna cover one of two disciplines that I've been practicing now regularly. I thought back on this about 10 or 15 years, okay? This has been a regular part of my life. These are two very, very powerful disciplines. I'm gonna cover the first one this week. Next week, Jason is gonna be coming the second one called reframing, very, very important. You don't wanna miss this. Each of these messages build on each other. So you don't wanna miss next week. But essentially today, what I'm talking about is training your mind, training your mind. You say, well, how do you train your mind? Okay, it's very similar to training your body, right? If I go into the gym and I do curls, what am I doing? I am training my biceps. And when I train my mind, I am training my mind toward truth. Now, something that for years I didn't really understand about training my body and physical health is I kind of thought if I just go to the gym and work hard and throw some weights around and grunt a whole bunch, my body will be in good shape. And what I didn't realize is that to be truly physically healthy, it's not just about what I do with my body, it's also about what I put into my body, 
Okay, some of you need to hear this, I think. Okay. It's not just about what you do with your body. It's what you put into your body. To be healthy, what you put in has to be healthy. Well, the same thing is true in your mind. To have a healthy, God-centered mind, it's not just about what you do with your mind. It's about also what you put into your mind. And you want to put truth in your mind. So this is something I've been working on for years and years and years now, trying to train my mind to focus, training it toward God's truth. I do curls for my biceps. I do mental exercises for my brain. I want my brain to be focused toward God's truth. Now, how do you do that? Well, I would start with this. You need to learn to meditate on truth. And I know as soon as I say that word meditation, <laughs> some of you guys are like, well, isn't that like new age? Right? You're trying to become one with the universe. You're chanting, um. Let me give you a very simple definition of meditation. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It means to engage in mental exercise to focus one's thoughts. I want you to write that down. First of all, it's exercise. It's to engage in mental exercise and to focus one's thoughts. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Psalm 119, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. It says, I meditate, All right? Say that with me. I meditate. I meditate on God's precepts. I consider his ways. Psalm 143.5 says, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. You know, I'm thinking about your presence, God. I am thinking about your goodness, God. I am thinking about your power, God. I am meditating on you. You know, if Eastern meditation is all about emptying your mind, what I'm talking about is the exact opposite of that. I'm talking about filling your mind with God, filling your mind with God's truth. And so just as I train my body, so I'm training my mind toward truth. It's not just about what I do with my mind, it's what I put into my mind. And so lately, what I've really been trying to do is to train my mind to focus. Because I have found when my mind is not focused, it doesn't tend to drift toward truth. It tends to drift toward lies. And so I'm focusing my mind. And you know, one area where I've been able to draw some great principles is working out at the gym. Because I've realized that so often the limitations on what I can or can't do at the gym, they're not in my body. They are in my mind. And I've seen this with other people as well. In fact, just to kind of experiment with this, every once in a while I will mess with my friends at the gym. When they're not looking, I'll take a little two and a half pound plate and put it on either side of the bar that they're lifting. Okay. And then I'll just step behind them and say, hey, let me give you a spot here. So tell me, how many reps do you usually get with this weight? And they'll tell me. And, and folks, it is amazing. It is absolutely stunning. Like without fail, they will get the exact number of reps that they said, not realizing that they are lifting five pounds more. And I remember I did this one time with a big old guy. He's a buddy of mine in the gym. And when it was done, he kind of slammed the weights down. He was a little frustrated. He noticed, I think it was a little bit harder than usual. He's like, man, I feel so weak today. <laughs> and then I said, hey, look, look, what I, look what you were lifting there. And he was like, dang it, thrill killed. He actually used more colorful terms than that, but... <clears throat> I said, hey, man, you're obviously stronger than you realize. Step it up, bro. And I ran to the other side of the gym real quick. It's <laughs> a big guy. But anyhow, the bottom line is this. So often the limitation is not in the body. It's in the mind. That little kid, as long as he was saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now you can, you can, you can, you can. When he believed he could, he broke through that board. Well, I think we need to ask ourselves this question. This is big. 
in what areas of my life, in what other areas of my life, is my mind talking my body out of doing something that God's called me to do, doing something that God has created me to do. So I've been working really hard on, on training my mind, focusing my mind in life. I decided to get serious about this, especially in my prayer and meditation time. And what I'll do is I, I'll pick a person to pray for, a situation to pray for, and you know I will pray for that person. I'll even pause and I'll say, you know, God, how can I best pray for this individual? And over the last five to 10 years, I've been up in my prayer time. Sometimes I pray for 100, 150 people each and every day. And what does that do? Well, first of all, it takes the focus off of me which is not a bad thing. It's putting the focus on someone else and lifting them before God. And so I'm training my mind to focus and my prayer life has been so much richer because the problem for me over the years is that I am admittedly an ADD prayer, okay? Some of you may be able to relate to this. I don't know if you can, right? I mean, I would have the greatest of intentions. I remember years ago, I would sit down and go, oh Lord, I, I worship you today and, and I love you today and oh man, I forgot to get my car inspected, right? And I didn't reply to that text. And oh, oh, look at that bird out there, right? And my prayer time lasts like 32 seconds and I wonder what happened. So in the same way that I'm training my mind, I, I, my body, I'm training my mind to focus, focus, focus. I'm meditating on God's truth. Very simply, it's all about focus. I wanna focus my mind because when I don't, when my mind wanders, it's wandering not toward truth. It's wandering toward lies so often, right? You're not good enough, right? You'll never measure up. Who do you think you are? Why do you even bother? Your life's hard. Nobody understands. You, you, you can't keep going at this pace. You'll never make it. No, no, no. You take captive every one of those lies and make them obedient to Christ. You know, scientifically speaking, what I'm doing is I am creating new neural pathways. I am rewiring my brain. Spiritually speaking, what I'm doing is I am allowing God's truth to renew my mind. I'm choosing not to believe those lies and I am embracing the truth. So let's apply this to last week. If you missed last week's message, I would really encourage you to go online and listen to it. Like I said, all these messages kind of build on each other. But last week I said that if you can change your thinking, you can change your life. And there were two questions we asked. The first question was this, what stronghold, what lie is holding you back? I want you to identify that number one stronghold, that number one lie, if you haven't done so already. Yeah, at what point are you a hostage to a wrong mindset? You've got the wires crossed in your brain, right? You're believing something that's not true. You're not good enough. After what you did, God could never use you. You're always gonna struggle financially. Yeah, well, everybody in your family is that way. Oh, you, you, you're a mess relationally. You can't have real intimacy. You'll never have a good relationship with anybody. Right? You're always going to screw up. Oh, everybody in your family deals with that weight issue. It's just part of who you are. Get used to it. Right? Identify whatever that lie is that is holding you hostage, that stronghold that's got you locked up. And then we said the next step is this. Name the truth. Right? What's the truth that demolishes that stronghold? Think about that. There's going to be a truth. What is the truth that's going to blow up that lie? Name it. Define it. And let me tell you this. Write it down. <laughs> You cannot defeat what you cannot define. And, and I don't know what it may be for you in your life. Maybe it's, you know, I am not what I buy or I am not, you know, what I have or, or who responds to my Instagram post that I edited and put a filter on to make me look six years younger, right? You know, I'm not a hostage. I'm not a prisoner to that addiction because I've got Christ dwelling inside of me. I can overcome that thing that's haunted me for years. 
My God is with me. My God is for me. My God is a good, loving provider. He will meet all of my needs. Tell you, if you haven't done so yet, identify at least that number one lie. Then name the truth and write it down. Right here, right now, if you can think of it. Here's the steps, right? Write it, think it, and confess it over and over and over again until you believe it. That's it. That's the process. Write it, meditate on it, think it, and confess it over and over again if you have to until you believe it. Folks, this process, it can take days. It can take weeks. For me, sometimes it's taken months or even years. But you've got to create those new neural pathways. This is the power of God's word to renew your mind so you don't react with those lies from the past that have held you hostage. Instead, you learn to respond with the truth of God's word dwelling in your brain. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. Now, I don't know how it's going to play out for you. I know some of you are plagued by worry. You're a hostage to your fears. You lay awake at night wondering, worrying. So what are you going to do? Write it and confess it. And maybe your declaration that's based on God's word becomes this. You know what? Because of Christ, I'm not going to be anxious anymore. I'm going to take every one of my anxieties and cast them before God because he cares for me. But I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. And maybe you say, you know, I don't know what to do. I, I can't make a decision. I'm not sure what God's will is here. I, I, I'm worried I'm going to mess it up. I, I just don't know what to do. Maybe your declaration becomes this. My God will direct my steps. The Bible says so. My God will direct my steps. And if I ask him, I, I hear his voice. He will lead me into his perfect will. Maybe you lack confidence. I'm not good enough. I'll never measure up. I can't do anything right. Your declaration would be, my confidence is in Christ. Because I have his Holy Spirit living inside of me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. Now listen, you'll probably feel foolish at first. Like, like you're saying something you want to believe, but you don't see it evidence in your life. Just keep on renewing your mind with the truth of God's word. Keep at it. You know, maybe just a few minutes every day, sparking that brain that God so integrally created, paving those new pathways of truth, 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 truth. Write it, think it, confess it, and believe it. And then one day, those wires won't be crossed anymore. The truth will set you free. Let me just give you an example of this. For years, I struggled with my identity in Christ. And the enemy just continually bombarded me with these fears that I wasn't really, truly a Christian. And so every day, sometimes 10 times a day, 20 times a day, I can remember days that may have been 30, 40, 50 times a day, I would review the promises from God's word that all those who put their trust in Jesus are eternally secure. All right, did you know that 150 times in the New Testament alone, the Bible says that forgiveness of sins, salvation, the gift of eternal life, it's a free gift of God given to a person the moment they put their faith in Jesus. And so I would just go over those verses again and again and again. Verses like John 5, 24, I put this on your outline. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. You know, this verse gives three promises. This verse says, no matter how you look at it, past, present, or future, the minute you believe in Jesus, you are safe and secure. Right? You have eternal life. Just think about that for a second. If I have eternal life and then I lose it, I never had eternal life, right? Can't lose that. I have eternal life, present tense. Bible says I will not be condemned, future tense. That's a promise from Jesus. 
Bible says, I have crossed over from death to life, past tense. Past, present, future. Once saved, always saved. And so every day I would just continue to review the truths from God's word. I would write it, think it, confess it until I believed it, right? I just continued to renew my mind. And then one day, it was amazing. I remember one day, instead of reacting with that lie that held me hostage for so long, I just responded with the truth. And I've never doubted ever since. It works. I'm telling you, it works. So what is it for you? You got to find it. What's the number one lie? What is the stronghold going on in your life? Is it, you know, I don't know, feeling inadequate? <laughs> I know about that one. Fear of abandonment, insecurity. I know about those all too well. Uh, being consumed with what other people think about you. I know what it is to be a people pleaser. Identify the lie and then go after the truth. Renewing your mind means you have to get those lies. You have to take those lies captive and replace them with the truth. But you've got to start by identifying what is the lie. And to, and to do the truth, what else do you need? You need to know God's word, right? So we did a little work for you. If you go online, there's a part online, it's in your bulletin, you can look this up, where we have a whole list, okay, of positive biblical affirmations. These are truths to dispel the lies that are going on in your life. So I would encourage you to go online and take a look at those, okay? So what do you do? You wake up and you renew your mind. You take in God's word every day. It's not just about what you do with your mind, it's about what you put into it. So I take in God's word, I focus, I train my mind to focus. I declare some truths about me from God's word. I pray for those around me. If I uncover sin or lies, what do I do? I confess those because my life is always moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And what comes into your mind comes out in your life. You cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna take captive every thought, like Paul says. Replace the lies with God's truth and start creating these new pathways of truth in our minds. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we confess to you that the battle in our lives, as your word says, it's all about a truth struggle. It's truth versus lies. It's a battle in our mind. And, and so often we find that the wires are crossed. Sometimes they're crossed in every wrong way imaginable. And the world, the influences around us and our flesh and even the enemy tries to crisscross these wires in, in bad ways. So God, help us to remember that our life will always be moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And because of that, be very careful about what we put into our minds and what we continue to focus on in our minds. Lord, would you help us, as your word says, to think about those things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy? Would you help us to, to meditate on those things? And God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that if not today, sometime this week, they would be able to identify what's the number one lie, what's the stronghold that's holding them back and then find the truth from your word that will dispel that, that will eliminate that, that will counteract that. And that they would write it, think it, confess it over and over again until they believe it. So God, I thank you for the power of, of meditation. 
for the ability to literally transform our minds, renew our minds with your truth. And God, as we continue in the next couple of weeks to talk about this whole concept, I pray that we would be very mindful about what's going on in our heads, that we would think about what it is we think about. It's in Jesus' name we pray.